0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of To Birth and Beyond. It's Jesse Mundell. And Anita Lambert. Today we are talking about exercising intuitively, which is a conversation that I have with my clients all of the time because a lot of us are from a background of over-exercising and using exercise as a tool to control our bodies, which is something that you might relate to. So on today's show, we're going to talk about how to make exercise less of a thing that preoccupies your brain, your body, and your physical and mental energy. How can we have a flexible, healthier relationship with exercise? So the number one thing that I think we need to do here in working towards this is to consider do you even have a healthy relationship with exercise right now? On my end, I have been working on having a more healthy relationship with exercise for probably the last seven or eight years and like really thinking about this a lot of the time and it has taken me... That long to consistently have a healthy relationship with exercise I don't think it's going to take everyone that long I think we're going to go through some tools and questions today that can help you get there faster but for me it has taken a lot of work because I did not have a healthy relationship with exercise for decades decades like really since I was very young the thoughts of exercise being a tool for keeping my body small or for losing weight, for fat loss. That was the thing that drove me to exercise, to move my body. What has this journey been like for you? Yeah, I
1: find, I was thinking back to, I'm like, when did kind of my journey with exercise, like yeah, growing up as an athlete and dancer, I've always been active in that way. But when it comes to, I don't know, exercise, I consider more like structured kind of what we're talking about. Like for me, that started back in like grade nine, it was cross training with rowing. And I think back, I'm like, I was in the weight room in grade nine. That's, it seems early, but that's where my relationship started with exercise. And for me, I find when I think about it, like it's really been, I find, I feel for me to feel strong in terms of exercise. Um, but also I notice a difference in like my energy, in my mood, I would say those are big things. So when there is a time where I'm not able to kind of exercise consistently, um, I see and I feel a difference in that respect. So I, I looked back and I don't feel like it's ever been something about having a smaller body. It's really been for me about strength and then emotionally how I feel if that
0: makes Mm -hmm. sense. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So what I think is a couple of questions that you might want to ask yourself when we're thinking, do I have a healthy relationship with exercise? So number one, if you are someone who is pregnant or postpartum, you're a mom, a parent, you have a very full schedule, do the efforts of your exercise match the phase of life you are in? So is it something that you can reasonably, seamlessly fit into your life? Of course, basically for everyone, it is probably going to be something that we need to have some mental energy around fitting into our life or scheduling in, but what I really mean here is that... It <clears throat> Is it something that is taking over a lot of the thought of your day, your life, your schedule to get your exercise in? Or is it something that you feel like is pretty easy to get your one, two, three workouts in per week if that, again, is what you deem as having a healthy relationship with exercise? So it's not necessarily something that you constantly have on your mind about the next time you're going to be able to get that workout in. The other question here is, are you able to take time off exercising without much thought or guilt about it? And this is something that for me, pregnancy, postpartum and two C-section recoveries has taught me a lot about Because there were chunks of time and there have been weeks and months of time over the last five years of pregnancies and postpartums that I have had to take extended periods of time off exercise. And if I was to be doing that, gosh, even six, seven years ago, I would have had such an immensely difficult time mentally and emotionally doing that. And I really think that these breaks off exercise have... They've given me a lot of tools about how to cope and how to self-soothe without immediately turning to moving my body to do those things. Because that has been the thing that I've always turned to in order to cope and to soothe myself since I was really a little kid. And I think that that can be incredibly positive and healthy. But if that's the only thing, that's the only tool we have access to, I think... We need to find some more because what if exercise does get taken from you in some capacity for an extended period of time? How do we get by without it? Are you okay getting by without it? And then the other thing to consider, are you incredibly rigid around your exercise schedule or are you able to... Go with the flow a little bit more. If you have to miss your workout on Wednesday, does that create a ton of stress or anxiety for you? Or do you know and trust you'll be able to move in some other capacity maybe over the next couple of days after that? So are you having a healthy relationship with exercise? Does it feel good for you? It's not overwhelming, stressful, or anxiety producing to think about your exercise schedule for the week. So the next question, and this is something that we were just talking about, Anita, when you were saying exercise really feels like an emotional support for you, which I love, examine the reasons why you even want to be exercising. So for me, for so long, as I was saying, it was a tool that I used to keep my body small. I thought a lot about the amount of calories I was burning in a workout or the amount of steps that I was getting in for the day. And that's something that we can talk about too. The idea of 10,000 steps and the preoccupation of getting those 10,000 steps in, we need to consider if that is actually healthy for us too. We consider the reasons why you want to be exercising. So Anita, for you, mm-hmm. you feel strong, you feel fit. You feel like it boosts your mood. Anything
1: mm-hmm. else? Um. You know what? I also feel like it's also time for me, even though it's not always by myself Mm -hmm. uh, that we've talked about, um, which is getting more and more challenging uh, to have the two kiddos around for it. But yeah, I feel like it's also something that I do for myself um, and that it's something that existed before I had kids that it was something for myself. So I kind of, I look at it that way as well. Um, I know every, we talk about self-care, self-care is thrown around a lot, that it's like, it is for me kind of a form of self-care because it's for me and not really, not really for anyone else. Um, mm-hmm. It's great that my kids see me exercise. I think there's benefits to that, but that's not why I exercise or why I exercise with them there.
0: Right. You're not trying to just be a good role model. That's why you're lifting your weights today. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Also, yes, it's getting so much more tricky now that our second babies are getting bigger. So Theo, by the time this comes out, he'll be like 16 months and he is wildly, like, just like Big Sis, climbs everything all of the time. So it is just oh, it's tricky. I can really only mentally handle three exercises at a time right now. And then I'm like, we got to get out of here. (laughs) So that is getting tricky again. Toddlers in the gym space. Uh, Yeah, it's tough. So for me, the reasons why I want to be exercising, as you said, it absolutely is a form of caring for myself. It is nourishment for myself. It is similar to you. My kids are around when I work out. That is just the only way that is the way that I like to fit my exercise in because it feels like an activity in our day. I'm like, let's go down to the gym space. And they're like, yeah, they're so excited for it. And I'm like, good. I don't have to talk to you or like play pretend for the next 15 or 20 minutes. So that's really nice for me. And then also for me, it is a way to keep aches and pains at bay that is probably my number one driver of why I want to move consistently and that's like a couple to three times a week for short periods of time because I just don't feel so achy in my body my back pain really never ramps up neck pain from being on the computer it really just kind of clears that stuff out for me I just feel like I can move more easily in my body and then Absolutely. As you said, it helps me to feel more capable in my body, which I think in turn helps me feel more capable in my Mm -hmm. life. There's something about lifting relatively heavy things or pushing yourself to some degree of intensity that I think, again, I, I see this with my clients all of the time specifically with women, identifying people too. It just feels like this sense of power within you. So I love that. Nothing to do with burning calories or changing my body or wanting to be able to deadlift a certain number or do a certain number of pull-ups. Nothing inherently wrong with that stuff. But for me, it just is not, I can't put my focus there. I just, I don't have the energy to put my focus into that stuff right now and haven't for again the last five ish years and i don't i don't see a time where that's gonna come back maybe because we're so in this time of little kids and exercising around them um yeah but for me exercise like fully is to feel better in my own body physically mentally emotionally the next question that i want you to think of examine your anti-fat bias And what we specifically mean here is what do you believe about body fat? What do you believe about fat bodies? What do you believe about fat people? Is this something that comes up with your patients?
1: Yeah, I would say it does. And I would say definitely postpartum, especially the early postpartum. And I know we've talked about um, that in past episodes, but just our bodies are different and they may stay that way forever. And so all this kind of conversation around it too, and it kind of goes back to also you did a fantastic episode around diastasis and body image. Cause I think that comes up often too, that some people would prefer to be told they have a diastasis and that is why their stomach looks the way it does. Um, So that I find does come up, uh, as well, but then also it comes up in pregnancy because there is a lot around, like as a pregnant person, you should gain between this and this weight. Um, and if you don't, then, well, there's just so many things around that. If, if you're outside of that weight, which I gained outside of that weight with both my pregnancies. So it's one of those things where I just feel like it there's always times in life where this is coming up. So even though people don't think it comes up in physiotherapy, I would definitely say that that dialogue is happening.
0: Yeah, good. That's so important because it is going to influence how you speak to them and your treatment plan and the exercise plan moving forward, perhaps. With my clients, a lot of things that comes up for them postpartum living existing in a bigger body with generally more body fat squishier like less muscle definition all of these things are going to happen for basically every postpartum person is that they feel like people will look at them judge them and think that they don't exercise that they don't take care of themselves that they're not active And for a lot of people who do self-identify as an athletic person or an athlete, that can be really, really difficult for them that people don't think they're an athlete by looking at their body and just always a timely reminder that we can't look at someone's body and know what they do for exercise or if they exercise at all. It's just not a thing that we can tell. Just like looking at someone, we can't tell their gender i was just having a conversation with my four-year-old about this today because she put her headband on her brother's head and said you look like a girl with that on and we're having a conversation about how we can't tell if someone's a girl or a boy by looking at them we can't tell if someone exercises by looking at their body so Just notice the judgments that you might have that are coming up for your own self, but then other people's bodies too, who might be in larger bodies. What do you think about them based on the amount of body fat that they have? So this is our own internal work that we need to be doing. If we want to get to exercise being in a healthier place for us, especially if we are someone who tends to have a bit more of an obsession around exercise because you've got to clear out all of these old stories that you might be telling yourself about why exercise is even valuable or important to you. What is the perception of your body if you're someone who looks athletic or fit? And then the next layer added on from this is to examine your relationship with diet culture which is something we've been talking about through this whole episode, but it bears mentioning again, because is your exercise centered around the pursuit of thinness? And again, this is what it was for me for so, so long. And I don't think that that is necessarily or can ever be having a healthy relationship with movement and exercise if we are constantly using it to chase a thinner body or if we are using it to not gain weight, or we're using it to stay small or to not get fatter, if you are constantly tied to that, I don't know if movement will ever be fully joyful for you. And I can only see that now being on the other side of it because I was in that space for so long pursuing thinness, the exercise kind of always felt like a chore, something that I had to do. I had to hit the certain number of workouts or the certain number of calories or the certain amount of minutes on the clock. And it was never fully joyful, which we'll get to more in a second too. Okay, circling back to the idea of what I was saying about counting your steps, we know that these step counters are very, very popular. I would actually encourage you to question your relationship with tracking. This is, again, I think this is a hard one too for people. We use these trackers as almost a tool to control us. Do you see this with your patients ever?
1: Uh, I do. I um, definitely, yeah, the, the the step counters. But also I feel like with the popular, like, um, Uh, Apple Watch, like all of these new technologies um, that track everything. And I think there can be some positives to it. And depending what people are tracking for or what they're tracking. um, But I've seen a big boost in that because of all this technology that actually exists
0: now. um, That's out there. So I I do see it. Yeah. Like all this data about how much you have or haven't moved. And mm-hmm. we always value the moving more.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: if we didn't hit our 10,000 steps for the day, how do we feel about mm-hmm. ourselves?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I see lots of posts about this, about people. It's like 8 p.m. They needed to fit in a thousand more steps. So they got out of bed to like walk around their bedroom to get more steps in. And uh, do we need to do that? I, I don't know. It's just we're so wrapped up in this culture and capitalism of productivity, like needing to do more, needing to be more productive, having to do all the things to feel worthy and valuable. And I think that we can get caught up in this with exercise too. Tracking the number of steps, tracking the number of days you've worked out that week, or how many days it's been since you haven't worked out your reps, your sets. This is something that I push my clients on too. If I have programmed four sets of 10 for you, change it. Like I don't really care if you actually do that many. If you got to six reps and two sets and you felt like, cool, that was good, then stop there. Like the the guideline is there, but it never has to be adhered to if it doesn't feel good or joyful for you any longer. So. Examine this relationship with tracking, with sticking to the plan. I know that this is something trainers, like we bill ourselves on. We're going to give you the plan. You just have to stick to the plan. But actually, maybe it's more beneficial for you if you don't stick to the plan, if you go against the grain from that plan. And on that note, the next point I want to make here, start to bust your all or nothingness when it comes to exercise and i think that this is something for both you and i anita that has something that comes at you full force when you're working out with your kids around because they will dictate how it goes a lot of the time not you
1: yeah i would agree and yeah we're (laughs) so with theo um for you i know you said steel like they were very similar Um, I've learned with Jack, who's now just over 10 months, him and Pippa are very different, um, in terms of activity level. Um, he's so curious and super active. So it is challenging, uh, to exercise with him around. And I will say like over time as they get older and as they figure out how to fit it in, like I am looking forward to going back to a gym. Um, to have that time by myself (laughs) to exercise. (laughs) So if you're listening to this and thinking that maybe that's the stage you're in um, of going somewhere, we're not saying you can't do that or that that's not a great thing because I am looking forward to that. Um, It's just not uh, reality right now. Um, But yeah, I would definitely say... um, More for me, it was postpartum versus in pregnancy, or at least the first pregnancy. Um, And that was just because of how I felt that I was able to continue um, a certain activity level. And that felt good to me. Um, So but some people are going to feel this even in pregnancy, that it's going to hit them that what they're used to is going to be different. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I find definitely postpartum the all or nothingness doesn't really work. Like doing something, um, I find is helpful.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, for me, I used to always feel like the workout had to be at least 45 minutes for it to be good or to be worth it for it to count. And now, if I can do one exercise, then cool. That's good. It has really taken so much to get to that point though of questioning this mindset of all or nothing, having to fit in a full workout or it's not even worth it. I would never have done a full workout probably in the last five years. So that is something that can't work for me. And being pushed into that so hard has been helpful, even though it has been hard to wrap my brain around this. And this is something that with my clients struggle with a lot too, is just doing something, even though it might not feel worth it, really redefining what a good workout is for you in this phase. The next one, we're almost going to wrap up here. We talked about this a little bit earlier in the episode, take an extended break from intense exercise or structured exercise, if that is something that is safe for you. And I really mean safe for you from a mental health perspective. If this is something that you need to be doing because it does help you to really function well, it helps to support your mental health, then this might be something that we're not yet ready to tackle. But If you can, if you have the space to take an extended break from intense exercise or your structured exercise and just find other things to do, other ways to move your body, this can be really helpful to actually, again, examining if exercise is something that is healthy for you. Because I would say, I would say that it is healthy to be able to take an extended break. So whether that for you right now is maybe five days off or it's two weeks or it's a whole month pushing yourself in this way can teach you so much about what you need exercise for and again as we were mentioning earlier in what other ways are you able to support yourself physically mentally and emotionally if it's not super intense or super hard exercise or going to that same routine of exercise. If you break that, what else is there? And the last point that we've mentioned a few times here on exercising in an intuitive fashion is create an intention of joyful movement. So what feels good for you in your body? Do you even know what that is anymore? And I feel like this is something... That I've kind of forgotten over the last five years, too, of pregnancy and postpartum. I have been exercising in these specific ways, mostly strength training, not going outside my house to do a lot of exercise. And what else feels good for my body? Is it just strength training or maybe it is taking an adult dance class at some time? It is going back to gymnastics. It is just dancing in my living room with my kids or it's going for a really slow walk in nature. What else is there that feels good for you?